guest is Darnley Stewart, a civil rights lawyer and renowned leader and political activist in New York City. She spoke to me by phone on March 20th, 2020, from her apartment building in Manhattan, where she serves as the building's board president. Welcome, Darnley Stewart. Hi there, Cynthia. You know, the last time um, I was on your podcast, we talked about 9-11, and now we're talking about COVID-19. I hope to hear from you when something good happens. Well, that's exactly uh, why I wanted to speak with you, because when we did speak on February 5th, we met in a bustling New York City hotel. The stock market was booming, and Elizabeth Warren was your candidate of choice in the Democratic primary. It seems like a different world. (laughs) First and I foremost, think I think it's going to be a different world for a long time, unfortunately. Well, I'm curious, just first of all, how is your health? My health is fine, thanks. Oh. I, I have neither I nor my wife, or as far as I know, thank God, nobody in my building um, has uh, any, uh, or any of my relatives has any symptoms. Oh, good. And could you d- describe like your surroundings? Where are you right now? So I live in an apartment building on the Upper West Side of uh, Manhattan, um, half a block from Central Park, and it is a very unique um, cooperative that was um, um, put together in the 1960s of its nine brownstones that are combined together architecturally, and we have uh, common hallways and a common garden in the back and three entryways. So it's about 32 apartments. Well, it sounds... Lovely. Um, when you look outside, or, or are there people around generally, or is it pretty quiet? Well, this is a city of uh, more than eight and a half million people. So um, when we have gone out to buy groceries, um, our local grocery store is pretty crowded, but it's very small. The the one around the corner is very small. Um, when we went to the, one of the larger uh, supermarkets, that was pretty empty. Um, we went for a walk a couple of days ago around the reservoir in Central Park, and uh, that seemed to be a similar volume of people than as, as we would see normally um, on a weekend, I would say. Um, people were keeping their social distance, but um, there were people running, riding bikes, etc., now, you are the board president of your building. Is that true? That's right. Yeah. What is, first of all, how, like, how did you get that job, and what does it mean? <laughs> it, was a very, it was a brutal campaign, let me tell you. You know, I have no. no. Um, people or listeners are presidents of any, of any board. They know that pretty much it's, um, you know, who wants to, it's like a hot potato who wants to do this job. So um, um, I was on the board, the um board president at the time was having to go off the board for uh, term limits as I was going to have to do at the end of April, but now I have to stay on till we um, make a change. Um, but um, she was going off and I was uh, on the board and she asked me to serve and I said, okay, so that's how I ended up in this position. And what does it mean for you as board president when a crisis like coronavirus strikes? Did you have to, like, spring into action and take precautionary measures? Correct. So this is um, this is faced – every building in the city is, is dealing with this crisis and trying to figure out how we balance the needs, the everyday needs of the people who live in our building um, against the precautions that – 
we need to take to keep everyone in the building safe. So um, it's a really unique situation because, as I told my fellow, my neighbors, uh, in a long email the other day, a long memo, um, everything we do and don't do affects not only us and our loved ones, our families who are living with us, but everyone else, in the, potentially everyone else in the building. We have a wide range of families in the building from a young family um, where the wife is about to give birth within the next two weeks and wants to have her mom come live with her after she gives has a baby, which makes sense. Um, and then we have um, an 85, 86-year-old woman whose husband died in the last year, and she's by herself, um, and we have to look in on her and make sure she has everything she needs. And then we have several couples who are in their mid to late 70s, and I have to be worried about them too. So, um, yeah, the guidance that we have received from the city and state government as as to residential buildings is pretty broad and not particularly helpful. So we uh, met as a board um, earlier this week. We met, it was very odd to be all living in the same building, seven people in the same building, and we met by a blue jeans video conference. So that was very strange. But smart. Um, yes. Um, we can't, it's not a good idea for us to be in the same place, probably. So, um, yeah, so we met and we came up with a very extensive list of um, precaution, additional precautions to the general ones that have been given to us by the regulatory, uh, the regulators and the, and the authorities. And um, so we have specific rules about use of our little gym downstairs, use of the laundry, um, nannies, dog walkers, uh, workers, and uh, cleaning ladies. <laughs> what do you think has been the most controversial or the, the, the step that you've had to take that really impacts the residents the most? Frankly, we had, an, and this is not relating to the precautions, we had a situation where um, some children of a cooperator um, go to school. They do not live, but they go to school in um, this um, area called the Containment Zone in New Rochelle, New York, in Westchester County, where very early there had been a cluster of cases arising out of a bar mitzvah uh, at a temple and a funeral at the temple. Um, and there was a cluster of cases in this in this area in, in Westchester County, one of the suburbs of New York City. And um, Governor Cuomo, who has been amazing through this crisis, actually, um, very uh, quickly um, established something called the containment zone. And people can come and go within the containment zone, but he closed all the schools very early and uh, before New York City had decided to close the schools and closed all their churches and places where people were gathering and had the National Guard come in to clean it up. So we had uh, two weeks ago, we had um, some children of a cooperator um, who were coming to stay in the building and they had been in the containment zone. And so when when the cooperator disclosed that to the board, we had to in turn disclose that to the cooperative and um, people who are vulnerable, I think were um, afraid and I get it. And do you have like special powers or, or enforcement authority? No. as the <laughs> No, I mean, you know, that's a problem with, in fact, one of the new guidelines that we issued two days ago, someone is going to decamp to their house in Long Island and just announced to me yesterday that um, their cleaning lady was going to live in their apartment indefinitely. And we one of the rules that we set was no, <laughs> no house guests unless they're immediate family. So, I mean, I, 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 this isn't 
North Korea, I can't say at this point. Um, that person can't stay in, in our building, but um, uh, no, I don't have, I don't have, I, I, we have house rules. They probably get broken every time. My concern here is the stakes are so high, so we have to do what, everything we can to minimize um, the possibility of, of the virus coming in the building. You mentioned uh, Governor Cuomo and his reaction, proactive steps that you're, you know, approve of. From my perspective, you know, I read the New York papers, and it seems like the politics between Governor Cuomo and the mayor, um, how does that impact you as a New Yorker? Is this something that's like, oh, is what you expect on a day-to-day basis for this to be, the, you know, this tension well, between know, the two? Or? These, these two uh, large egos, and I should say large male egos, have been, um, it's unfortunate because, you know, they used to be, friends and they used to be close um collaborators um uh, but it's been a very contentious relationship between them for a while including issues around public housing in new york city issues around the um uh, the subways uh, um issues around the schools who controls the schools so they have been um at loggerheads for a while now um it seems that they were on the same page and they both, by the way, the communications from both of them have been excellent where there's been a real vacuum of leadership from the federal government for the most part. So um, it's very comforting to watch in a way, watch Governor Cuomo sit and talk for two hours about what we're going to do and what what's going to happen and how we're going to handle this. Um, and Mayor de Blasio has been, been good too. They're having um, the largest disagreement people might know uh, they're having now is that uh, two days ago, Mayor de Blasio um, announced that he probably would be putting into place a shelter in place uh, order similar to that, which is in effect in, um, which was put into effect in San Francisco. And um, (laughs) unfortunately for him, it turns out that he doesn't have the power to do that without the governor, um, which is why these two are often uh, at odds because ultimately Governor Cuomo controls a lot of what Uh, happens with the city. So um, Governor Cuomo does not want the shelter in place to be imposed. Um, He thinks it's not necessary. And and frankly, from what I observe, um, and I can only observe in my neighborhood, um, it seems that people are basically following what, um, in general, what a shelter in place would provide, which is you stay inside unless it's absolutely necessary, and you just go out to buy groceries. As far as I can tell, that's what's happening. Um, people are not, all the restaurants are closed. People are not congregating. I observe people um, applying the social distancing when I'm out. So um, it so seems are you, would it you, would not, it, Yeah, are you on the governor's side in terms of this policy? I have a personal, uh, yeah, I am on the governor's side. Um, I mean, it may come to that. I don't think it's necessary now. Um, but I think they announced as of today, more than 40% of the cases in the United States are here in New York City, so we have our own little cluster here, uh, big cluster, I should say. So um, it may come to that. I, I have a personal stake because if the shelter-in-place order is issued, um, our super and our porter cannot come to work, so our my neighbors and I will have to perform the services in the building that those employees otherwise would provide, and that's 
um, going to be difficult because uh, about a third of the people in the building have second homes and they've decamped to those homes. So it'll be a small number of people providing, you know, a lot of, and, it's, and a lot of people who are here uh, are, are older people, vulnerable uh, population to this virus. I don't want them frankly, spending much time in public areas at all. So it'll be very few of us performing, uh, you know, really hard manual tasks. What are those tasks for people who don't in know what building? a porter does? Yeah. yeah. And the porter um, brings out the garbage, um, mops the, I mean, it's a, there's a lot to do because we have additional, we've asked the super and the porter to do additional um, wiping down of all the, the public surfaces. Um, so there's mopping that goes on every day in the public areas. We have three entryways. Um, periodically, there's vacuuming. We have hallways, common hallways that have rugs. There needs to be vacuuming. And, you know, frankly, a lot of it will be garbage collecting and um, wiping down every public surface, the elevator, you know, punch board, the, all the door handles in the building. It's a lot. Do you have access to resources in terms of food and water and toilet paper? Yes. Um, there, again, we're in the city. Um, as far as I can tell, when I've been, we, we don't, we, I wasn't looking, for, frankly, I wasn't looking for paper products because we buy at Costco and store. We already had a, a plenty. Um, we'll see what happens if we're really in this situation for 45 days, which is what they're saying. So. Um, but it seems to me that there's um, there's some specific things which I would like to have, like mayonnaise, <laughs> um, that are not on the shelves. And um, I noticed at our local store that the that three cans of tuna fish was um, eight dollars, which is a little bit of price gouging. Um, so there's definitely some shortages, but nothing that I think affects uh, people's way of life. What do you observe about the city's homeless population? When I spoke with you in February, you mentioned that there was, as far as you knew, like 80,000 homeless people in New York City. Have you had, I don't know, has that come up in... in... You know, because I haven't traveled out of my my fairly affluent neighborhood, um, there aren't homeless people um, on the street here. Um, So I, and honestly, I haven't even... I read the papers every day and I haven't even seen, I mean, this is what happens uh, in a crisis like this um, where everyone is affected is that you stop to hear about, um, you know, people who are um, unfortunate people who, who, who kind of get kicked to the curb in situations like this. I have no idea what is happening with, I honestly, I haven't heard anything. I haven't read anything and I haven't seen anything. Yeah. We all know about Tom Hanks. (laughs) Yeah, we exactly, exactly right. You know, we're very concerned about Tom Hanks, but I honestly have no idea how this is affecting the many. uh, I do know that there was a huge um, controversy. Um, Mayor de Blasio waited longer than a lot of the other large uh, public school systems um, in the country to, to close the New York City public schools. And one of the large reasons he was waiting so long is that there are, um, I think, 120,000 homeless kids in the New York City public school system and, uh, and then untold others who really rely on the schools um, to get fed. Yeah. And these are people, kids, who they don't have online teaching modules they don't have online resources so well whereas other kids are going to be able to get online learning this a substantial population is not going to be able to get online learning 
Um, so those children are going to be uh, not only underserved, but not served at all. And that's a real problem. Uh, eventually, the pressure became too great for him to keep the schools open and he closed them. But um, that in terms of that is the only um, or that's the only news reporting I remember around homelessness. Well, I hope that these stories get told eventually. Obviously, now in the heat of the crisis, we're not going to hear about these stories, but I'm, eventually we're going to, I think, learn uh, that a lot more happened to the people who fell through the cracks. Yeah, <laughs> now, this, the stock market, you must just feel the electricity pulsating under your feet of all the electronic trading, but I was wondering, it, the will the market, the stock market, is so close to so many New Yorkers and especially people like yourself who had thought you perhaps you were in retirement is it going to force you back into the labor market do you think I've honestly been wondering about that um fortunately my wife gets a pension um you know, gets a gets a sort of a pension from her accounting firm where she worked um for 15 or 20 years so I mean we honestly had the conversation the other day can we live on that pension alone and nothing? I mean, assuming that our accounting Ernst and Young doesn't go, <laughs> go under, um, we kind of decided the other day, well, we could probably live on that pension. Fortunately, um, it would be a very different life, but, um, if we had to, we probably could, but there is, I mean, as well, uh, I think in some ways the anxiety about the economy, um, we always have this feeling, I think, that the market is going to come back because it came back after 2008, where I think we lost 30-something percent of our 401k money at that time. It came all the way back and then some. So I think there's always this feeling that it's going to come back. Um, and, and Lord knows the president has said it'll pop right back after this virus passes. Um, but, and we can uh, believe him. <laughs> yes, everything he says, uh, including when he said on January 12th that um, it, this was brought by one Chinese person and we got it under control. Um, so my greater fear is for, I mean, this is a country built on small businesses, family businesses, entrepreneurs, and already I, my brother owns, is a sole proprietor of a, a bookstore in Cambridge, Mass. He's already had to lay off his part-time employees. Um, it really threatens his business. I go to a, a small woman-owned gym in Brooklyn to work out. Um, all gyms have been closed in the city, and they can't operate. They've set up a GoFundMe page to cover their – I mean, the, the margins are so small for small businesses, and that's one portion of the economy that I don't – it will be very difficult for some – depending on how long this goes on for these um, – these employers to, uh, and entities to, you know, really survive. Is there anything that brings you hope at this point? You know, and I hate to sound like, I don't know, like a, like a politician. Um, we were, we have a building, like I said, of 32 units, all sorts of people. A lot of people have left to go to their second homes. And um, it started with somebody just setting up we set out a guideline that said really don't want more than one person at a time in the laundry room. It's a very small laundry room. So we said just one person. So someone said something around about, um, why don't we have, um, you know, a, do a virtual scheduler so we can figure out when we're going to be in the laundry and we won't go up and down the stairs or nothing, et cetera. Um, and then 
another person said, we do share this common garden. Spring is coming to New York. The crocuses are coming up. Uh, the, the garden is looking lovely. He said, you know, once it gets a little nicer, why don't we come out to the garden and be socially distant, but have like read poems or um, we have some professional musicians in the building and maybe we can hear some music. And, you know, it's sort of what we saw um, in Italy with people coming out to their balcony to sing it. But that same spirit um, is alive in my building. And I think if we're going to really survive this, where we're just sort of on our own in our own places for, you know, six weeks, um, that kind of community and togetherness has to, uh, has to prevail. And, um, I think that's one thing that gives me hope is that we are a hopeful and um, resilient people. Well, and I can't help but think that the abundance of art in New York City is going to help people get through it. And I'd be curious to see if this period, this crisis, doesn't produce incredible art. Like I would imagine this, th there's a lot of creative juices flowing. Yep, yep. <laughs> Well, you are in the heart of it, and I guess my, my last question for today, or my second to last question is, would you want to be living anywhere else? Well, we have a, frankly, we have a house on Long Island, um, and we discussed whether we should go out there, because I think people feel they have more control over their situation if they're in their own house, um, where it's more spread out, and you can kind of walk to the beach, take your car, walk to the beach, you're not around so many people. Um, we had a discussion about whether we should do that. Um, my wife's mother is uh, 85 years old. She lives in the Bronx. We went, we just visited her yesterday, kept socially distant, and brought her a lot of provisions because she's not going out, which is good. Um, and frankly, I feel like I need to keep an eye on things here in the building and um, keep an eye on folk here. So we decided not to go out there. So I think the answer to the question is, is no. I think... I miss, you know, there's about 100 museums in the city. We, we're retired. We've spent a lot of time in museums. We haven't been able to do those. We go to a lot of shows. We can't do that. Um, but New York City New York City's still a special place, and um, it's, it's our home. So I, there's no one else, nowhere else I'd rather be. Well, Darnley Stewart, I guess my very last question is, would you consider checking in with the show again, maybe in, in the future? I'm curious to hear how things progress. Absolutely. As this time... Uh, as time goes by, uh, things may change a lot more. So it's a very uncertain and, and confusing time. But um, yeah, of course. Well, Darnley Stewart, thank you so much for joining me. Okay, Cynthia. Take care.